Good evening, good morning, wherever you are. This is your man B. You're tuned into Wrapped Up Radio, where if it's hip hop culture, we got you covered even after a long hiatus. Um, here with my cousin Cal. Cal, what up, man? What's up, people? Long time no talk to, see whatever, you know. Bernard, what up, fam? What's going on, y'all? What's up, man? People, everybody. It's, I mean, we, we you know, it's been a long time, in the words of uh, Rakim. Uh, but, you know, we had to bail uh, Calvin out of jail. We had to get a little quick, uh, you know, situation. He brought, he, brought, he brought black people to the game. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, see, it's, it's uh, perfect segue. You always got the perfect segue. I mean, it's uh, a couple of days ago, you know, um, Bernard, you're your best friend in the world, Donald Sterling, uh, owner of the L.A. Clippers. Whew. Um, had some pretty intense audio released. I don't even know who recorded it or how it, it got discovered or whatever. Oh, Somebody oh, leaked oh, it. Oh, this oh, the, oh, the new information. His girlfriend. His girlfriend. Uh, so she, uh, she taped it. So she yeah. taped it and then leaked she said, it. So I was kind of got. I guess she's 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 doing. Uh, she's getting sued for embezzlement by their family. Got and it. It was more so on. Uh, I'm gonna show you. you right. Know? Right. Okay. So this is. See, he shouldn't have messed with her. But um. Okay. So so basically, if you haven't heard about this story, the audio is pretty gruesome stuff. It's pretty ugly stuff, but basically he's um, complaining about his girlfriend posting pictures on Instagram with Magic Johnson, and he's basically saying, do you have to advertise the fact that you're friends with black people? Um, there's, you know, like, you, you shouldn't be advertising that. Why, why is it a good thing that you should be friends with black people or Hispanic people? Sidebar, his girlfriend is half black, half Mexican. So mm. let's just toss that out there. Um, and for more context, if you're not familiar with who Donald Sterling is, it's the same guy who, um, I believe it was a couple of seasons ago, had uh, Black History Month promotion uh, in March. Number one, let's start with that. Black History Month celebration in March. The first thousand underprivileged black kids get in for free, basically. That was the promotion that he had for the game. And by the way, on the flyer for the promotion, it was a picture of himself and Blake Griffin, who was half black. So, this is the person that we're talking about who also coincidentally has a huge, huge history of um, discrimination in his organization. And also, um, I, I believe... It's a, it's a real estate, like, apartments, too, I believe. Exactly. I was just going to say, yeah, real estate is kind of his claim to fame. So he uh, didn't really want minorities um, residing in his units. So all of that context into this kind of led to the firestorm that has kind of happened uh, since the tapes were released. Uh, players all over the league, Kobe responded, LeBron responded, Chris Paul, his best player on his team, responded. Um, and they decided to play uh, against the, um, the Golden State Warriors in their most recent playoff game. Uh, and they, they thought about, you know, boycotting. But, but anyway, hip-hop responded as well. Wayne and Snoop had very, very uh, poignant and well-thought-out responses. Fuck you, is what they said. Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and uh, the game led something else he, he kind of he got uh inst- he got um instagram and faith and uh excuse me twitter involved he's created hashtag empty seat campaign he won't call for people to boycott the games and hit him in his pocket so i wanted to get you guys take on the whole firestorm and what's been going on and specifically hip-hop's response and, and tie to to i guess um donald sterling so cal i mean what like what do you think well you know looking at 
I guess like the demographics, like a hip hop artist, quote unquote, will come from, they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit less, I guess, erratic to, for more erratic actually than a basketball player. They're not actually professionals in a sport. So the fact that they can say stuff like "fuck you" or you know "you racist," you know "bastard" stuff like that, they can say that all day. And then you know, like LeBron wouldn't say that, you know, on on Twitter because he's in the league, he's associated a little bit more closely than they are. So they're gonna speak up more. You know, it comes from the things about even going stretching back to like days of Public Enemy. You know, they always you know fight for what they believe in, or you know, they, their their self expression is through their lyrics. Self expression is through how they live their lives. So when a rapper like a Wayne or even I don't know, I know Meek Mill has some some stuff to say too. Even them like they're gonna always speak up on it because they feel like they can because they they have freedom of speech you know so like i said within their lyrics and things of that nature too but the simple fact that donald sterling is in his position right now and doing what he says and i've also heard either even stories from baron davis saying how he would say stuff like at baron davis during like practice to shoot arounds when he'd be sitting courtside watching from a practice he'd be saying certain things that were offensive and it's like it's coming out now but it's like when will if she had not recorded him or done things of that nature when will that happen so when things start to linger and fester and it, and it gets worse over time you're going to have a more explosive reaction from people you know if it would have came out years ago and maybe you know stop he's been the owner for what 33 years right yeah, night. I mean, you know, it's funny like how things happen to certain people, how the universe works. Like you have a, a person that's like a bigot or a racist, pretty much a, bad, a negative, a negative connotation person, and they only won 19 playoff games, I think, in his whole time tenure there. Like it's kind of like this. People will always look at the Clippers as a bad seed, and now they're getting a little bit of light and spotlights on them more. It's ironic how this is coming out now, where the spotlight was never on the Clippers, you know? Now that the spotlight is on them, they get a negative connotation towards it. So it's like, when will this have happened? And you bring a mix of people who we follow more and, you know, we look up to more, I guess, as rappers. They're going to speak about it and, you know, protest certain things. It's just like, oh, man, like, what's next? Should he be banned from the league? Who's going to own the Clippers now? Like is this MTC campaign really going to work? Because, you know, there are people that are like, you know what? I don't like Donald Sterling, but I still want to go to the game. game I don't know how... You're a, fan, you're a fan of the team. You know? You're a fan of the team. You're not a fan of Donald Sterling. So, like, you know, people don't go to the Lakers games to see Jerry Buss. They want to see Kobe. You know, yeah. people are going to see Blake Griffin. And I don't know how big of the game's influence is in L.A. for people to not come. Like, I can see if it was like a... Maybe if it was like an Ice Cube, you know, or Dr. or maybe even Dr. Dre, you know, he, those are the, the rappers, the, the, I guess the West Coast or LA people who are on a higher platform than them mm-hmm. because they're associated with sports more. Like, you know, Ice Cube, they did a whole documentary about the Raiders. So, you know, if Ice Cube did something like that, I think you have a little bit more clout and yeah. probably would not, probably people would participate more. But as far as, you know, the game doing it and how vocal he gets with it and who he gets involved as far as the press, I don't really see that, you know, flourishing as much as, you know, for him. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Man, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just curious because, you know, from the, from when I try to, you know, put the rappers, I guess, in this situation per se in the basketball, like the rappers, you know, are the, I'm not going to say they're the only ones buying tickets, but I mean, a lot of those guys that, you know, for the most part, a lot of people that are like black sitting courtside are either like other athletes or rappers. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, okay. If I say I'm not going, you know what I'm saying? If I'm not going to the basketball game, okay, say Snoop, right? Of course, I see about 8,000 or however much it is. 
right? They say, I'm not going to the basketball games. Okay, okay, but somebody else will buy that seat. You get what I'm saying? Because it's not like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, if they say we're not going to buy these these seats anymore. So I don't really think that's going to stop because I, somebody will buy them. And if, they, and if no one does, they'll make them to the point where it's so cheap that somebody will buy them anyway. You get what I'm saying? That's where I'm, so I'm like, you just, by you not sitting there, it's kind of like, you know, it's just, that's not going to really do anything. That's why I don't really think the rap influence will have anything to do with it. I think it has to kind of be from, like, other sports, like, really, like, sports and getting, like, the media involved. I think the media is going to be the biggest push. I don't really think the rappers can kind of do anything in this person because they're not in that same level. You get what I'm saying? You get a, the best rapper in a media basketball player. You get what I'm saying? And it still won't financial-wise or whatever. It still just won't add up. That's interesting. I mean, I think the only way that you actually have to, like, communicate with rich people is is, is money. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think I think that I think that's all you have. And I think the point you made is is right. I think the, the problem a lot of people don't, like, they don't understand that as a consumer here in America, your power is in your dollar. So exactly. if you really don't support the fact that Chick-fil-A said they don't support gay marriage or whatever, exactly. then don't buy Chick-fil-A. Like, tell yourself no to that chicken sandwich that you, you know what I'm saying, that you like so much. If you really are offended by Donald Sterling, I think you've got to stop consuming that product. See, but the only thing is, with that, it's just so difficult with that because, okay, if you don't like Chick-fil-A, right, you don't have to eat Chick-fil-A, but if it's a McDonald's, it's this, it's that down the street. But the thing is, they're not, the thing is with an organization like this, it's just like, you're fans of the actual team, like the player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like, you want to see your favorite player, but it's kind of, it's like at what cost? You get what I'm saying? And it's literally like the players are going to kind of be the ones to be, you know, like not benefit. Because it's like, okay, say the playoff game. The next one, I believe, is in L.A. or whatever, right? They go there. Chris Paul goes there. You want them to win, but then at the same time, you don't win. Imagine you go to Staples Center. They're playing the Warriors, and it's nobody in the stands. The game still has to go on, but as a home game, you you know, it's home court advantage. You get what I'm saying? So you have nobody to root on you. It's kind of like it plays with your mental. Donald Sterling's still going to be paid. He's still going to be a billionaire whatever. You know what I'm saying? He may take a loss for that one game, but it's like at the same time, it's like, you know, it's cool. It's, it, it's gonna. I feel it affects the players more. I mean, you know, but but I think I think like you're talking about the the game itself, mm-hmm. and I guess we got to decide like if we want to play for the bigger game. You know what I'm saying? Like the bigger like overall society wise. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sure Chris Paul would take this loss as tough as it, as tough as it would feel. He would take this loss to know that. Black people in general flex their power to show, yeah, just to show. I don't know. I don't know if that works because I thought it was going to be that whole, you know, uprising kind of thing. But when I watched Doc Rivers' press conference and he was saying, we're not going to let anybody stop us from doing what we're trying to do. We have goals. We're mm-hmm. trying to get an NBA championship. These mm-hmm. men have worked hard to get to this point and we're not going to let anybody do it. Mm-hmm. But like, I think a ring or a championship means more to them than the actual stand. You get what I'm saying? It's not like we're not going to throw this season away because of this guy we're oh. not going to take a stand we're going to play basketball because we worked hard to get to this position and we're going to continue to play oh yeah you know what I'm oh yeah it, it, it's definitely not a black and white um i mean it's a poor uh, expression for this instance but i mean i think it's not it's not a this is the right thing this is the wrong thing kind of situation i think the fact that it happened while the team is in the playoffs is 
makes it so much harder than if it was the regular season. Like if yeah. it was the regular season, the mm. players would just say, "All right, it's just a regular season game. Whatever. We're gonna make the playoffs. We'll sit out three games until we make yeah. the owner." make a choice but once you start talking about the playoffs like the playoffs is really what you work for and your yeah. reward is right at the end of the other side of this tournament right here so I definitely understand where they're coming from I guess I'm thinking about it more so um, just I guess I've, I've started I've, I'm, I'm just trying to apply the things I've learned in terms of observing how rich people move and rich people move off when you hit their wallet and when you embarrass them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you see the, uh, did you hear the new tape though? Like I know there's new. Blacks in Israel and all that. Did you hear it? Yeah. Like extended version. Yeah, I read that. I read, yeah. I, 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 I read like those quotes. Houses, he gives, I treat black people well. I give them houses, cars, mm-hmm. money, all this stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. And if you haven't heard or seen that footage, that's footage that has come out uh, since uh, the original tape was released where uh, the long and short of it is I think he just kind of expounds further on his ignorance and he kind of just uh, I think the quote I remember he said was uh, in Israel the way people treat black Jews and white Jews is 100% different and that's just the culture you have to live within that culture like that's that's my paraphrase of what, what he was saying but I'm sure 80 million websites have it at this point but um, I mean but I think I think, Cal, you might have touched on something that, I think you said, like, the prominent rappers, like Ice Cube or Snoop, like, I mean, the the ironic thing is, nobody cares about the Clippers. Like, in the history of L.A., nobody's really cared about the Clippers. Like, everybody's chips is all about the Lakers. Like, when they show, like, 10 years ago, Kobe and Shaq, it was always Lakers game, Sunday, they're playing the Celtics, they're playing the Spurs or whatever, who's on the sideline, Jack Nicholson. There's Ice Cube. In every, in every, in LA, essentially. Exactly. Everybody in LA, like that, that's the Lakers. So this is the Clippers where they kind of, I mean, they care about black people, but they don't particularly care about the Clippers. And I don't know if they'll jump out the window to necessarily, um, you know, cause a change, uh, you know, that's associated with this team, even though I still think it's a bigger, it's bigger than just the team affiliation, though. Mm-hmm. You know, but. So we'll see. We'll see where this uh, where this whole topic goes. I mean, the worst case is that they force Donald Sterling to sell the team, um, but I'm sure he'll make out okay. He, had, he he happened to buy the Clippers for three million, and the latest valuation of the team was five hundred and seventy four million dollars. So if he has to sell it, I think he'll be um, I think he'll be okay. But moving on from uh, from Mr. Sterling, jumping into uh, essay series uh, with Vulture, uh, one of our favorites, Questlove. Uh, just uh, began his uh, six-week or six-essay uh, essay series where he's going to talk about how hip-hop failed black America. So uh, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting one. Questlove is a pretty uh, thoughtful guy. Um, I think you guys have, have, have you know, had a chance to take, take a look at his initial essay. Um, and just kind of wanted to just talk about some of the things he brought up. I know for me, one of the things he, he mentioned that I thought was pretty interesting was he said hip-hop has taken over black music. And when he was in high school, there were tons of black artists that weren't really affiliated with hip-hop. And I think he pointed to like Lionel Richie and like, uh, I'm trying to think who else, like what other groups uh, were out when he was in high school. But just wanted to get, I guess, you guys' thoughts on, on where, the, where the first piece uh, started to kind of talk about everything. Bernard... Well, first, you know, I'll, I'll start off. I, I just want to cut. I didn't want to. I didn't want to cut. I don't want to cut anybody off. You know, 
anyway, uh, but yeah, we will. But um, yeah, like the way hip hop is, and I've always looked at hip hop. And my actually my first big paper I've ever written in like in my life <laughs> was in fourth grade, and I read the book called Vibe History of Hip Hop, and that book was like over 300 pages. Now, being a fourth grader, imagine being a fourth grade reading a book about how the history of hip hop was. From it expanded from 19, I guess the late, late, early, late, late 70s, probably like 78, 79 to like almost 2000, or not even 2000, but because we were in fourth grade, so probably like 97, 98 around that time, you know. So, just the fact of how he's taking this, and I don't personally feel hip hop is spelled uh, Black America. I feel like now it is, and you know, people always. It's like, it's like separating the two words, and I feel like people are separating now. You know how people say there's a difference between saying the word nigger and nigga? Like, I feel like there's a difference between hip-hop and rap. Hip-hop is a culture that embodies, you know, America, like, that people, you know, gravitate towards, that people are influenced by. That, you know, hip-hop is the, hip-hop is the uh, Clippers wearing black socks that they got from the Fab Five. You know, the Fab Five started the whole trend of wearing black socks because of the hip-hop thing. You know, that's hip-hop, you know? So it influences that. Now, rap music does not influence that. Rap music, you know, is, is womanizing. It's, you know, glorifying of uh, material things. It's things that, that don't show progression to, or that don't show the progression of success. They don't show progression. You know, people always say when Biggie came out, he's hip-hop because he shows progression. You know, when you see his first video, yeah, he's a little lavish, but it's not crazy. And then it shows that he's gone. It shows progression of how he's living because he started off from the bottom. Nowadays, if an artist comes out, they're going to look like they already made it. And that's not what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is supposed to show progression in how your lifestyle is based just because of your art and expression. Hip-hop expands beyond music. So he's saying, like, you know, hip-hop is... Well, you said, Brian, you said... He said hip-hop is uh, the new black music, or it's taking... It, 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 he basically said hip-hop is taking over black music. It's taking over black music, right. So, like, if you even listen to it, like, I don't know if you guys have... You guys listen to the Janae Aiku song, right? The, uh, the worst, right? Yeah. I don't know if you in, in, in her lyrics if you peep the lyrics most of her lyrics are hip hop references so now you can't really make R&B music now or any type of music that you hear nowadays is hip hop influenced and it gets it because rock is hip hop influenced you know um, country is hip hop influenced all these different genres of music and lifestyles are hip hop influenced just off the fact that hip hop is a form of expression it's like it's like time back to what i said earlier it's a freedom of speech it's public enemy you know you got ice cube uh a lot of rappers especially in the 90s more so now it's a time when they really got to the point where it became political i really feel like hip-hop wasn't political in the 80s it was more having a fun time you got curtis blow dancing all that stuff now and now when you hear people rapping you got the futures like the young thugs of the world that's really just you know taining hip-hop People like to dance more and glorify because we live in such a fast society that everything is all about sex, money, and you know, and drugs now, as opposed to standing up for politics and what you believe in and freedom of speech and what's right. And all that music is catered towards that. So that's probably why he's saying that because you know, you listen to stuff by Future, he's talking about either having sex with women, selling drugs, or how he's getting money, you know, things of that nature. No one really uplifts you. And you have a figure like Pharrell who has a song called happy but he know the streets need and what keeps the you know stuff going in the club he's gonna move that dope so it's two different diasporas like you have the happy song which everybody loves white people too or even it, not eat all races love that song but then you have pharrell on the verse of move that dope which is totally different from where you know so it's like how does pharrell or how's an artist like him who can go on oprah and give you his thought-provoking you know 
mindset and then turn over around and do a song with a guy that's completely doing music that you were basically saying you're not you're what you're not promoting on your own album you know Right. So, I mean, it's 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 a it's a difficult balance. Right, I think. Right. It go, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Bernard. Oh no! If he was going, if he was going, you know, put it out there. You know, keep going. Well, keep I mean, no, I guess I was just gonna say. I mean, I think it, it, it's tough. I mean, that's um, that's the same conversation. You know, that that Jay, you know, was kind of back when they were beefing Jay and Nas talking about. You know, uh, is it is it black girl lost or shorty owe you for ice? I mean, it's kind of like both of those things exist in people. Like none of us are. Are the same at every moment, but specifically when you talk, like when he says um, hip hop is taking over black music, I, I actually think it's bigger than that. I think hip hop is taking over American music, just in general. Yeah. I mean, the squeaky clean, you know, Justin Bieber with the bowl cut when he was 14. I mean, give him some money. What does he choose to go be around? Like, he's not, he doesn't have to go be around rappers. He wants to be around rappers. Like it is his. Yeah. That's who he wants to be around. Like yeah, what happened exactly. to Squeaky Clean Miley? Like she wants to be around like rappers. You yep. know what I'm saying? She's yep. choosing. And ultimately, in America, the people who decide what's cool culturally, they may not have all the money to spend, but they decide what what sticks and what doesn't are black teenagers. Black teenagers decide everything. Like, they are going to tell you what shit is going to stick and what's not. And I think when he says, you know, it, it's uh, hip-hop took over, I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think it's a vehicle um, that not a lot of people use necessarily for, um, like, the same, like, uh, why, am I, why am I blanking? But like, public enemy. They're not taking the public enemy route, you know, to kind of, like, infuse change because hip, I mean, hip hop is still. I don't know. I look at it as hip hop is still maturing. You know, like it matured, like in its early, early, early stages. It was party, and then people said, "Oh wow, we can use it for more." So now let's talk about the political. Like let's talk about that. And then it was like, okay, well let's go back to the party with Diddy and and, and everybody in shiny suits and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I just think it's everything now. Like whatever you want, it's there. Like whatever you want, like whatever type of rap you want, you can find it. You're just not gonna find it on Billboard. You know, like another quote he said in the article was, people want us to be meaningful and popular. You know what I'm saying? And there's a reason why we don't hear Joey Badass or maybe not even Joey Badass. Insert random rapper talking about positive lyrics here. Whatever that artist is. There's a reason why you probably don't hear him on the radio. I mean, and I think it's 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 one of the worst parts of our humanity, but it's just I don't know I don't know how we had that had that dialogue. I don't know how we how we explain or or, or rationalize that, but it's not just in hip hop though. That's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? The fam- most famous country songs are talking about I cheated on my woman and she took my dog and she took my car. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it's always the dramatic, it's always the extreme stuff that people pay attention to. People don't pay attention to things that are straight laced yeah and what i say, you know what i say to jump on that is i think i mean i don't agree with it some parts i may agree agree with that but hip-hop is the culture it's the popular music you get what i'm saying i mean but you still have your backlash where they may not necessarily highlight that on your award shows where it's like it's the popular music but we're not gonna showcase it at this time it's gonna be in the pre-telecast but i'll say that hip-hop you know, is the it's it's culture. It's the most popular music today, to me, honestly. And I think everyone else can agree with that. Why is there 
uh, hip hop, you know, Forbes list versus other genres of music. You get what I'm saying? So I say like, and with hip hop, I mean, we've all, you know, a lot of these hip hop stars, you know, they've come from the inner city, you know, your quote unquote hoods. And I mean, it may not necessarily glorify what you, you know, the bigger story, but this is what you see. You know, I'd rather tell the story of what I've saw and what I grew up on and shine a light on it. Well, maybe somebody can do something about it. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, everyone go vote, you know, but I'm going to say, well, you know, if this happened in my neighborhood, I'm going to, you know, let that, like, I think that was a big thing with NWA. They were very controversial and they got, you know, but they sh- shined the light on what was going on around them. It wasn't like, oh, vote and let's make change. It was just like, you know, this is fucked up. This is what's going on and this is what it is. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, I feel like, you know, it's a part when you have, like he said, you know, the black artists were, you know, some like Lionel Richie and Whitney Houston and all the other stuff. But then you had your rappers. But uh, I talked to this older guy, right? He was kind of, this was like years ago. This was a Whitney Houston die. And he was saying he was kind of going through this who was better, whether it be Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and Mary J. Blige, he was saying that he would have to take Whitney Houston because everyone else out of those were influenced by music. Like, you hear Mary J. Blige with rappers. You hear Mariah Carey with that hip-hop influence. But Whitney Houston, he was just like, she kind of stuck to her own. She never really, you know, dabbled into that you know, that hip-hop kind of scene, you know what I'm saying? Later on, she did a song with, I think, with Wyclef or other stuff, but he was just going in with all this other stuff. But I think, but then when you watch the piece, yeah, something like that, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much hip-hop, but you get what I'm saying? But when you look at piece, the uh, VH1 was like the four part, I forget the name, but it was like the, uh, and they shine, and they kind of shine a light on hip hop and how influential it's been and what it's done. I'd say, you know, I feel like it's it's other ways to become something and be a minority in this country and the world, but, you know, hip hop is always gonna have that influence, I feel like. And I don't care how successful you are, you're gonna always have that embrace. Look, when you hear Barack Obama say he has Jay Z in his iPod, it may not necessarily be. Raekwon in his iPod, but it's going to be some hip-hop artist around somewhere where you hear, you know, quote-unquote, the you know, the ideal woman of America, Katy Perry, on a song with Juicy J of all people. You get what I'm saying? And they're playing it on your urban radio stations. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's crazy. It's just, it just, that's just the way we grow up. Like, you know, it's hip-hop. It's the popular music and the culture, really. And it's still growing. I mean, it's, 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 still, it's still growing. I mean, hip-hop, what? I mean, probably 30? 30 years, yeah. something like that, yeah. 30 years old. I mean, it's still evolving. Um, so, I mean, I, I think thus far, you know, with, with piece number one, obviously he still has a long way to go. I mean, there's, there's five more installments coming in the essay series. But, I mean, thus far, I think hip-hop has probably given a voice to a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have a voice. There's some, you know, what would we do? I mean, Nas can't sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? These are artists that Jay can't sing, but it gave them. This gave them a, a platform to kind of get out those, those, those stories. You know. Um, so, I think. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Cal. I wanted to interject something. I'm about to get my. Uh, I wanted to get my time to kill on. This won't take long. But you remember time to kill when he's like, close your eyes and imagine this, right? Uh, Matthew McConaughey was like that. So I want you. To, I want y'all to close your eyes. Not even close your eyes, but just think about this. <laughs> is, this is this the RB moment? <laughs> Don't close your eyes. Pause. No. <laughs> no. 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 Wait. 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 Really? For real? Like, I want y'all. Hip hop has always been a what? 
they always associate it with being a woman, right? Like, it's, it, to personify hip-hop, it's always a woman. I want y'all to personify hip-hop as a man right now and make it a man. And, you know, I would say hip-hop is approaching 40 because this is the late 70s when technically Sugar Hill Gang, all of them came out. So it's approaching 40. And usually what, what happens with men in their 40s, they, be, they get in their midlife crisis, right? Where they want to start reverting back to their younger days and, you know, doing things in nature to keep themselves young to feel like they're not getting old. So if you go from the 80s and go to the 90s, hip-hop was a teenager. He, he was a teenager. So it was the party phases, you know, stuff like that. Then he becomes a rich, successful man. He's, he's glorifying. He's bossing ice. You got the bad boy days, Rockefeller, young cash money days. Now he's getting older. So he's, he's reverting back to the times where he used to party a lot. And... He's not as... Is it, the, is, it the, is it the midlife crisis? Yes, yeah, his midlife crisis. Like, I feel like hip-hop is going through a midlife crisis right now. When, I, when Nas used to say hip-hop is dead because he saw the direction it was going into, and, but I feel like it, it was never, it never died. It was just, it's just growing up. You know, you go through different phases of life. Like, we know we've grown up. Imagine you guys, all of us, growing up, going to parties, getting older teenagers, doing wild high school days, then going to college, then becoming actually grown men in the world out here. And as the, as the older we get, you know, the more we want to settle down. And hip-hop starts settling down a little bit, you know, with the Kanye coming out, or like maybe even like subconscious rap coming out more. Commons, you know, uh, Talib Kweli's, all those guys. That's when they got in the grown man thing. But now it's just like hip hop reverting back to a midlife crisis with the young thugs and the futures and the rich homie clowns and you know, stuff like that, glorifying the thing. But you know what I will say though, that as, I, as you're saying and I'm kind of looking at it and like trying to piece the years together, I will kind of say later on, cause I remember, at, you know, I guess the teenage years or, you know, the twenties, you know, the twenties, it was more of that, you know, your stars were kind of like, you know, I'm out here, I'm out here, but now it's kind of like, it's a lot more of them in relationships, you know, and publicizing their relationships. Some are getting married, some are engaged. Like, why is it uh, a Big Sean in 1998? Say Big Sean Mace, right? Mace is not getting engaged at, what's, how old is Big Sean? Like 25, you get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? As of right now, but okay, essentially in 1988, I mean 1998, 1999, that's essentially kind of Mace, really. You get what I'm saying? If you want to make that correlation, but he's not going to be the one getting engaged. You get what I'm saying? Or getting more futures engaged. You get what I'm saying? So I'll say, I, I, I kind of see it where you're going with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to visualize it a little bit. It was, it was just my theory. You know, I'll be having thoughts. So uh. No, no, no. I think, I think, no, I think it's interesting, man. I, I do think it's interesting because it's, it's, it's maturing. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's, it's maturing in a few different ways to the point where now taking care of your woman is cool yes. because Jay, Jay, Jay does it. Look at Jay. Look Future at, does it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Look, look, at, look, look at a lot of these guys. Look at Jelly. Whoever. Exactly. I mean, he got, he's taking care. I mean, he got cash. Like everybody knows what's going got, on. He got like three different baby mamas. Yeah, I don't know like, about But everybody knows Cassie is the main one, though. You get what I'm saying? Everybody knows. Public Bernard had to represent for Harlem real quick, so it's all good. Yeah. We, 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 it's, all good. it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But, but. Shout out. <laughs> of course. Of course. I just squeezed that in real quick. But um, so we're looking forward to a lot more from Questlove from that for that series. 